Welcome to the podcast we call Soul Chaser, featuring stories from the book by the same name, Soul Chaser. This is Jordan Rich, and by my side is author Lauren Decker. We want to spend time with you today at soul level, awakening our spirits to the simple and beautiful idea that God is love and love is everywhere. I saw this once before, a picture in my mind, colors in the air. Sunlight on a field, lovers in a dance, love is everywhere. Mm, love is everywhere. And now, today's installment of Soul Chaser. So, have you purchased your copy of Lauren's new book yet? If you want a good introduction to Rufus, go back on Podbean to podcast number 145, the Rufus intro. Gregory Kelly, a good friend of Lauren's, tells us, Lauren delicately weaves fiction with tradition, with biblical truth. He interlaces the human tragedy, a crippled boy waiting at the docks for his father, who'd never return. With Jesus' abounding love, speaking to each of us so uniquely, Years later, that blind boy is finally met, walks arm-in-arm with Jesus, his Abba. Lauren uses minimal space to remind us of the stark truth about Jesus. Even the briefest of encounters with Christ, like Rufus had, leads to a life that is forever changed. The book is available at Amazon.com. Now, On to today's Soul Chaser story. Life has many lessons to teach. Learning some of the important ones early can help you with living a life that is based on reality and not just some dream about yourself. Lauren's story today is titled Fastball. One Jimmy Rogers fastball was all it took. I was immediately made aware of how hard the ball came in and how hard it would be for me to contact with it. I was starting my first year of Little League, just barely 10 years old. Jimmy was a 12-year-old with three years' experience and the reputation to go with it. He was well known for his size and strength, and his fastball was feared by all who faced him. It was my turn now, playing against Jimmy's team in the first game of the season. In my mind, I could hit anything. I spent hours of imaginative play, hitting rocks in the dirt parking lot, next to the church behind my house. I would toss a rock in the air and smack it as hard as I could, occasionally reaching the trees beyond for a round tripper, a home run. I would spend hours at this game, running through imaginary lineups of my favorite big league all-stars, but imagination took a hasty backseat to reality when Jimmy's first pitch whistled by me and pounded into the catcher's mitt 
with a loud smack. I heard my coach call out, Step into it. Give it a ride. He may have well have told me to fly to the moon and back. Stepping into the pitch would require moving my feet, which for all the world felt like they were in cement. I heard the second strike hit the mitt, and I somehow managed to mount a feeble attempt at a swing on the third pitch, albeit after it had found the catcher's glove. Happy that the experience was over, I returned to my seat on the bench where I was safe for at least a while. He's fast, I said to my teammate next to me. He didn't reply. He just swallowed hard and then took his place in the on-deck circle. I believe moments like this one help us form healthy views of reality. No matter how good you may seem to be when hitting rocks, the actual game is a different story. The trick is to learn how to face the ball when someone's trying to get you out, not when you are managing the game in your own mind. People generally come to grips with the world beyond fantasy conditions, but unfortunately some never do. They remain in the protective mode of self-centeredness and soft-toss every challenge like a rock in the air. I was recently at a funeral, and the eulogy from the minister barely mentioned the deceased. Instead, he took the opportunity to talk about himself. He went on and on about his relationship to the friend who had passed away, how his success was linked to the dead man's unfailing belief in his capabilities, and how he had encouraged him to step into the greatness that he now enjoyed. This was like hitting rocks. The only one playing the game made up the reality in his head, and he was hitting homers. But he wasn't operating in truth. There were no fastballs whizzing. Nothing to fear. No one could challenge his self-serving story. It was a singular perspective from his mind, kind of like keeping an official record of one's afternoon of hitting rocks. If your world has you at the center, then you're not really in the real game. You are nobody's hero save your own. On my second turn at bat, the result was the same as the first fiasco. Jimmy struck me out on three pitches, while my bat never left my shoulder. On the third try, I closed my eyes and swung at the first pitch. Amazingly, I made contact. I dropped the bat from my stinging hands and began to run to first. Foul ball, called the umpire as the ball rolled behind me in the dirt. I had connected, though. That's a moral victory. That night at the supper table, I recounted the story from the game. 
I had fouled a pitch from Jimmy Rogers. Sure, I had struck out three times, but that moment when I foul-tipped a dribbler just beyond the batter's box was worthy of several retellings. I was no home-run hero. I was never going to play like Jimmy. But I had a tiny bit of success, and I had found my place. I could still hit rocks into the trees on occasion, but my mind knew the real score, and that was enough for the time being. Fantasy was bigger than reality, but I wasn't. But I was part of a whole, and I was not the center that was real. I was in the game, not the game in me. This has been Soul Chaser. We hope this program has caused you to consider the vastness of God's love for you. Nothing is going to change that reality, but love can certainly change you. Remember, love is everywhere, and God is love. For more stories with a purpose, pick up a copy of Soul Chaser, Devotions to Anchor the Soul, available on our website, soulchaserbook.com, or find it at amazon.com. This is Jordan Rich for Lauren Decker and Soul Chaser. See you next time.